you've set up the LLC for the protection and maybe you did it online and you don't know that there are these ongoing requirements mm. that you have to stay protected. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Garrett Sutton. Garrett, how are you doing today? Good, Todd. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, a lot of you probably know this name, Garrett Sutton. He is an attorney and best-selling author and one of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors. So I read his book. I was telling him before the show. Boy, I read. I know I read at least one of your books, if not more, uh, but way back in the very beginning, I wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing, I didn't end up in jail. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I, I knew what to do, at least had a general idea of what to do. And what I figured out, Garrett, was that I need to hire really good attorneys and they can help me because I can't, I, I can't read all that law stuff. I fall asleep at night. So I got to hire somebody that, that doesn't fall asleep when they, when they read it. Uh, well, but you do what you do best, right? Exactly. And, and let and, the lawyer, you don't have to learn the law. You just yeah. need to be conversant and let the lawyer do that stuff. Oh, exactly. Couldn't be further from the truth. So a uh, little bit about Garrett, for those of you who don't, don't know about him, he, he has over 30 five years experience in assisting individuals and businesses to limit their liability, protect their assets and implement advantageous corporate structures and advance their financial goals. Uh, a clear and engaging writer. Also, like I said, he's got various books. He's got a new book coming out, uh, Veil Not Fail, and we'll probably dive into that uh, book as well. So lots of great stuff, but I'm going to let you tell your story. So why don't you tell our listeners a bit more about what you got going on right now and kind of your background. Great. Well, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, my dad was a judge in Oakland. I learned about the law over the dining room table and uh, <laughs> learned that people who didn't protect their assets could lose everything. So mm -hmm. that was an early formative uh, part of my growing up. Uh, and I went to the University of California at Berkeley went across the Bay to Hastings Law School, which is the University of California's law school in San Francisco. And I just took to corporate law. I mean, it was my favorite subject. And uh, I practiced law in uh, San Francisco and Washington, DC. And then I moved up to Reno. Uh, we were talking before the show, Todd, uh, about how you like to ski. And I certainly like to ski. And one of the reasons I moved to Reno was they, there was great skiing. Yep. As well, Nevada is a great state for setting up uh, corporations oh, yeah. and LLCs, uh, along with Wyoming and Delaware. And so I, I focused on practicing uh, in corporate law, and I became very fortunate to become associated with Robert Kiyosaki and uh, his Rich Dad team. And we've traveled not only around the U.S., but around the world, uh, preaching the message of financial uh, education and financial independence. And there's a thirst for this information around the world. Uh, and so it's been really rewarding to, to talk to people about that. And then, you know, I get to talk to people on the phone, uh, Todd, from around the country. And so I'm hearing what people are doing in, in various parts of the country. And it, it's, it's just enjoyable helping people set up the right entities. And, and as we said at the start, you don't need to be the attorney. You don't need to know 
that stuff. You need to know when to bring in the attorney. You need to know when you need to form a corporation or LLC. And that's why I have this book, which is probably my best selling is start your own corporation. Um, and, you know, once you become uh, un understand why you need this, uh, you don't have to pay an attorney to explain it to you. Uh, unfortunately, they don't teach this in school. So you've got to get right, the information right. yourself. Uh, but, you know, as you start to advance your real estate interests, your business interests, just know that you need a good attorney on your team to help protect what you're growing. Yeah, you know, this this makes you cringe, but I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times. When I first started, I wanted to figure out how to do the legal stuff myself because attorneys were expensive, were too expensive, right? So I would go on to, I don't know, there's many numerous websites that you can get, you can download these documents, right? You can get these to, you know, already pre-done for you contracts and whatever. And I would download them and I would change the words and stuff like that. And I would spend my time so I didn't have to pay this attorney all these big rates. And I use those documents. I cringe. I actually cringed myself that I actually did that because it's like now, man, there's no possible way I would do that. Now I'm in a different spot than I was back then. Back then I didn't have money. Now it's a little different. I've got something to protect. But what do you say to those people that are going online, doing those the same type of thing I'm talking about uh, because an attorney's too expensive? You get what you pay for. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you, I have clients that, that are starting out just like you did, Todd, and they do the same thing. But you just don't want that horror story sneaking up on mm -hmm. you where you used a document that didn't anticipate uh, a future problem. You know, an attorney, they've, they've been through the wars. They've seen what can happen. And, and that shapes how you prepare a document. Um, so just, you know, you, you can read these books. You can gain uh, a working knowledge of things. But you really need an attorney on your team, as well as a CPA. And it's Robert Kiyosaki says, you know, business and investing is a team sport. And you want to have an attorney and a CPA, yeah. a banker, uh, you know, insurance guide, you, you want them on the bench so that when you need them, you can call them in and, you know, pay them for their time, but they will help you advance your interests. Yeah, I, I learned the lesson the hard way I had a, uh, a I lost about $70,000 due to not using contracts and, or, yeah. or using, you know, basically my written contracts and, and, uh, learn the hard way. And, and now, like I said, I've, I, I have assets, I have things to protect. I've got a family, um, you know, and, and there's no way I would think of, of not using an attorney. And by the way, and I hope, I'm, I know you'll agree with me, the right attorney too. Talk about the right attorney versus the wrong attorney. And I'm not saying like a bad person versus a good person. I'm saying there's a lot of different types of attorneys out there. Well, you know, back in the day, you had attorneys that were generalists. You know, you could be a generalist. You could do personal injury work and transactional work. Um, and, you know, that hasn't been the case for at least 50 years. Yeah. Uh, you need someone who specializes in the area that you're going into. Uh, you know, someone 
I, I hear people say, well, my brother-in-law is a personal injury attorney. I'll have him set up my corporation. And, you know, it just, the personal injury attorney is good at what he does. You know, he's good in front of a jury, but he doesn't specialize in corporate formation. Mm -hmm. And so you really want people that will be experts in their field, at least specialists who, who know the area of law. Because as you know, Todd, things have become extremely complicated and the yeah. legislatures are in session passing new laws every day. And you just need someone who specializes, specializes in that area to keep up with it. Yeah, and we're very litigious, right? And so if you're not having good contracts in the right areas and you're not getting things set up in the right with with the correct attorney that actually knows what they're doing and something does happen it what i view my attorneys as is they're an insurance policy more than anything they're insurance policy and they're also a good communication tool so you know i've got investors and i want my investors to understand exactly what we're offering i don't want any confusion there so my attorney my attorneys help us communicate properly to our investors but they're also an insurance policy for us just in case somehow we get in trouble the sec comes knocking on our door we have to show compliance or whatever it is not even in trouble just the sec goes hey i want to see that you're doing things the right way we can actually show that we didn't use a personal injury attorney to do our securities offering right right and insurance is a good way to explain it todd because you know what i have clients who invest in real estate and i say look insurance is always the first line of defense uh, but the second line of defense is our entities, particularly for real estate LLCs. Hmm. That is the second line of defense. If someone has a, has a huge claim against you on the property, you have insurance to um, cover that. But if it's a huge claim, they can go after what's inside the LLC. And, you know, that is your insurance policy because they can get what's inside the LLC, but they can't get beyond the borders of the LLC to get at your personal assets. And so you want to have these LLCs as a second line of defense, a second form of insurance. And that's also why we don't recommend our clients put 10 properties into one LLC, right? You get sued over one property, they have the equity in all 10 that they could reach. So you do want to segregate assets and LLCs. Yeah. Do you suggest doing a single LLC for each property or is that a case by case basis? How, how do you look at that? Case by case. I mean, we'll let the client know what the advantages and disadvantages are, and it's really their decision. Sure. Um, I have some clients in, you know, in California, it's $800 per year per entity. Wow. And so, you know, they may put, you know, two or three properties in, but, you know, it is a case by case uh, situation. I mean, you wouldn't put a million dollar home in the same LLC with a duplex you rent to the Hells Angels. You know, I just would split those up. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the, the insurance policy, right? The, the million dollar home that the, the duplex gets a hit on it because it's uh whatever substandard sub market or whatever. And, and then they can go after that million dollar home just the same. Correct. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Look, she, you know, your, your book is, is veil, not fail, um, protecting your assets from business attacks, which I think is really interesting. Let's talk about that. You know how you set this LLC up, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're everything's perfect, right? You, you can set this LLC up 
and they can still come after you personally if you didn't do it the right way. So let's let's talk through that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you've set up the LLC for the protection and maybe you did it online and you don't know that there are these ongoing requirements mm. that you have to stay protected. And so that's what the book Veil Not Fail is about is we don't want them to pierce the corporate veil and go through the corporation to get at your personal assets. So let's say someone's suing your LLC, and this applies to corporations and LLCs equally. Someone's suing your LLC, and it doesn't have any money in it, but they have a claim against you, and they get a judgment against the LLC. It doesn't have money. They can pierce through the veil of protection to get at your personal assets. Now, you've set up the LLC so this doesn't happen, but you didn't follow the ongoing rules. You have to have minutes every year. You need to have a meeting every year. All these Even if it's a single member? Yeah. All these promoters who say you don't need to have meetings in an LLC, I do not want to be in front of a judge and a jury saying I never had a, a meeting. You know, how does a business operate for 10 years without a meeting? You know, I, I don't want to make that argument to a jury. So you're going to have a meeting once a year. It's not hard to do. You just need to do it. Yeah. And uh, what, what does a meeting a, minute look like? The meeting minutes? Is it just a simple, we talked about this document saying yeah. I Todd met. And even though it's you, I know it sounds weird, but I Todd met with myself and we reviewed what we did during the year and we approved it. And we're approving Todd as the manager for the next year. Mm. And it, it can be that simple. You know, they're called corporate minutes, not corporate hours. You know, yeah. it's just really easy to do. Um, so just something that has minutes. to get done and is probably, yeah. probably one of the most common things that people aren't doing. Correct. And we offer a service where, you know, we'll do the minutes for you. I mean, for mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's like going to the dentist. So we'll, we'll do it for you. Um, you know, and we offer a free 15 minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. So if you want to set up an entity, you're concerned that you haven't followed the corporate formalities, we'll go through that with you. Uh, you can go to corporatedirect.com and set up a free 15-minute call, and we'll go through your situation. Uh, but the other formalities you have to follow, Todd, are you have to have a separate bank account. Even if it's a single-member LLC, you want to have that separate bank account. You want to go do the separate tax return. Even you know, it, it's a, If it's a single-member LLC, it flows through, so you're okay there. Yep. But you want to have uh, a registered agent there to accept service of process, meaning notice of a lawsuit. And you want to have all these things in place because, Todd, if you don't do this and someone tries to pierce the corporate veil, they succeed in 50% of all cases. Wow. 50% of the time, people aren't following the formalities. They think they're protected, but they can go right through the corporate veil if you haven't followed the formalities and get at your personal assets. This is the most overlooked facet of asset protection there is. So you went through this whole process, you set up this LLC, your property gets into the LLC, and then it's all for nothing. Because right. is it is it usually just one as simple as one of these four things that you mentioned here? Uh, it's a combination. I mean, if, if you haven't done the minutes, but everything else is in order, maybe they let you off. Sure. Uh, but it's just good practice to follow all of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you're, yeah, you're right. Your best practice. Let's get them. Let's get all the boxes checked. Right. That way. No, and, uh, if, and if you're doing syndications and you have investors, you need to be aware of this because yeah. someone's going to ask you the question, you know, are we protected from the veil being pierced? 
Um, and so you certainly want to be conversant in this. So you can tell your investors, yes, we, we understand about the corporate formalities. We hold the meeting every year. Uh, yep. We're following all the rules. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. I think especially as a single member LLC, it's so easy to either forget to do these or just kind of brush them aside. I, I've actually found that I've became a much better business owner because of having investors because now I have to answer to them. And so I have to make sure we're doing these things. But when it's just me, especially when I look back at the early days, I wasn't doing meeting minutes. I wasn't doing meeting minutes until probably like six years ago on any of my LLCs. I would mostly have bank accounts, but some of them I wouldn't. Uh, you know, we're not doing much business in that LLC. So we'll just, you know, let that slide. Um, it, so it's just like some of these things is kind of, you just push it to the side, especially for me, especially as a single member LLC, it gets fairly easy to do. And then like you said though, what's the point, what's the point of setting up that LLC if you're not going to have an LLC that's worth anything? Well, and you made a point earlier, Todd, about your family. I mean, you know, you need to take steps, even if you're a single member LLC to protect what you and your family yeah. are accumulating. And so, you know, when you think about, oh, I don't want to do these minutes, think about your family, yeah. right? Your spouse especially wants you to do the minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah your, your, your spouse and kids uh, don't want to be living on the street because you were too lazy to do some, some meeting minutes. Right. Uh, and and this, somebody sued you for everything you're worth. Right. right. Um, let's talk about the, you know, different types of, uh, different types of entities. And we don't have to go through all the details because there's a, there's a ton of details. Of course, if somebody wants to, to dive deeper, that's, that's a call to you, but let's go through the differences in the LLCs versus the S Corp, C Corp. Uh, and let's just narrow it down to real estate. Cause I would say, you know, a big majority of my listeners are either real estate investors or, or, you know, enjoy real estate. So let's dive into a little bit about that, that structure. So real estate's really easy. LLC. All right. Every so time. Some of, what if I'm flipping it. houses? I mean, some of our, some of our clients will use a limited partnership and that works in family planning uh, situations, but you're not going to put real estate into a corporation. Uh, the corporation doesn't have the asset protection uh, that an LLC does. Uh, Nevada corporations, that's the only state that offers asset protection for corporations. But tax-wise, you're not going to put real estate into a corporation, whether it's taxed as an S-corp or a C-corp. Uh, and the, the LLC offers the good asset protection. If, if you own a duplex in an LLC and you get a car wreck in a car wreck, and they have a judgment against you and your insurance doesn't cover it. I always recommend people have an umbrella policy of insurance yep. for, you know, home and auto. Uh, the mm -hmm. attorneys know how to get at the insurance monies. They're not good at getting through Wyoming or other protective state LLCs. So you have the, the duplex in the LLC. Uh, that uh, LLC is owned by a Wyoming LLC. So you get in the car wreck, Todd, and someone wants to get at your real estate. Well, with Wyoming... All they can get is what's called the charging order, which is a lien on distributions, meaning they have to wait until you make distributions. 
And this isn't a good use of an attorney's time. They're on a contingency fee. They get uh, a third or whatever of what they collect. And so for them to have to hire an attorney in Wyoming to pursue a charging order, it's not a good use of their time. They're better off going to the next case that has lots of insurance money. So we always recommend that you have an umbrella policy of insurance. If you get in that horrific car wreck, there's money to cover that. And then with your real estate in LLCs, uh, you could have you know, three separate LLCs, one in Utah, you know, one in Minnesota, and one in South Carolina, all owned by one Wyoming LLC. The car wreck victim has to fight through the Wyoming LLC to get at the other three LLCs, and it's very difficult in Wyoming. So that's how we structure things uh, for our clients. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there on the internet, Todd. People claim that living trusts offer asset protection. That's malpractice. That is not the case. Uh, a lot of people want to take you offshore with expensive structures. You know, if the real estate's located in the United States, it, it, it can be problematic for you to be able to protect it through an offshore trust. Hmm. So, you know, I think the, the Wyoming LLC is what we like. They don't list your name on the state website. The annual fee is only $62 a year. I mean, th these are very affordable uh, protection devices. And as you've mentioned, this is just another form of insurance. So I live in Minnesota. I got a property in Minnesota. Would I not set up a Minnesota LLC? I would, you, you're saying it's maybe a good idea to look at a Wyoming or LLC? But you would have the Minnesota property in mm -hmm. a Minnesota LLC, Sure. right? You're part of the Minnesota legal system, tax system. And if a tenant sues over a property, uh, over an issue on the Minnesota property, the law is the same in all 50 states, right? They can get what's inside that LLC. So that's the inside attack. And so that's true in all 50 states. They can get what's inside the uh, LLC. Yep. The outside attack is a different issue. That's when you got in a car wreck. It had nothing to do with the real estate. And that's why we like the Minnesota LLC to be owned by a parent Wyoming LLC so that when they're going after you personally, they have to fight through Wyoming. We have a very strict protective law in Wyoming and right. attorneys, it's just not a good use of their time. Garrett, let me make sure I got this right and the audience has it right. So up top, I've got my Wyoming LLC and then down below it, I've got you know, one, two, three main LLC. I've got, you know, uh, four, five, six main LLC. I've got, you know, whatever, uh, five, five, six, you know, uh, you know, first street LLC and so on. So I've got my property LLCs that then go up to and basically feed into this Wyoming LLC. Is that correct? That's correct. You got okay. it. Got yep. It. And then if these are all single member LLCs, meaning there's one owner, uh, you know, one, two, three Elm Street LLC, the one owner is the Wyoming LLC. So you don't have to do a federal tax return for the subsidiaries. Everything flows to the Wyoming flows to it. LLC. And then you do the tax return there. And if you're the single member of the Wyoming LLC, flows everything flows onto your personal return. Yep. Yep. So ta taxes, yeah, that would be easy. And then protection um, sounds like that would be a, a great insurance policy. I had a uh, person I was talking to 
that's lives in Canada and he wants to raise funds to invest as a fund in U.S. syndications. So he would look at taking a lot of money from his friend's family network and investing in, let's call it one of my syndications or somebody else's as a fund. But he said for tax purposes, he needs the LLC to be set up in a limited partnership. That's correct. Canadian taxation, uh, you either use as the ultimate holding entity, a limited partnership or a corporation. But each entity, each property would be in an LLC owned by the limited partnership. It's just, it's interesting with Canadian cross-border taxation, uh, if you're in Canada and you have assets in the United States, uh, certainly work with your CPA. But as a general rule, the limited partnership ownership structure is better than an LLC. Interesting. So Interesting. your friend is right. He's he's got the right advice. Yeah, yeah, and and he so he said, hey, if you're gonna take our fund, we would need you to set it up that way. Um, and I thought, well, okay, that sounds great, but does that? then give me any exposure or is that a bad setup for me in any certain way? See, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have you or your attorney set up their entities, right? That's kind of a conflict. No, he's saying my entity needs to be a limited partnership. No, no. So your entity is an LLC. Yep. The way he owns your LLC is through a limited partnership. Gotcha. We're getting into the weeds here, but no, that, I mean, there's a, especially up in Minnesota, there's a lot of cross-border activities. So, yeah. um, you know, you, you should, uh, you know, have a good CPA on your team, but um, you know, he can own your LLC syndication through a limited partnership. I want to hear a horror story. I want to hear something like just give me some give me some dirt. Like I want to hear something exciting that you've experienced through your 35 year career. Like just tell me a good story. Well, I, I always tell the story of Robert Kiyosaki, who down in Phoenix, you know, back in the day, people used general partnerships, hmm. right? They they shook hands and they had a deal and they didn't really quite realize that when you're a general partner you're not only responsible for your mistakes, you're responsible for your partner's stupid mistakes. <laughs> and so, you know, the partner's daughter got in a car wreck and, uh-huh. uh, you know, the, the, the general partnership is at fault and the individual oh, owners, the general partners are personally responsible. So, you know, this guy all of a sudden is responsible for his partner's daughter's negligence. And so we just don't want to use general partners uh, anymore. We don't want to do sole proprietors. People think, oh, I'll just get started as a sole proprietor. And you have CPAs saying, oh, you're not making enough money yet. We can incorporate later. That is really bad advice. Hmm. It's not how much money you're making. It's whatever risk you have. And you have risk right at the start. When you get into business, you have risk. So if you're making no money, you cannot afford to lose it. Right. (laughs) Cause you like, yeah. And, and speaking of family, if someone has a judgment against you, they can renew it every seven years. I mean, they oh, can wow. go after you forever. So wow. let's say, let's be protected at the start. Yeah. So if, if you, even if you have no money, they file this judgment and you start to make money, they're, they're taking your money from you. Right. Because yeah. you set it up as a sole proprietor, not an LLC. Yep. Wow. 
Wow. That's uh, so, all right. You're an attorney. You do, you follow the law. What's a mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? Um, early on, uh, I bought some land in an S corp way early on and I'll never do that again. Uh, we, we corrected it without too much problem, but if we had sold the property, uh, we would have uh, had a bigger tax. Uh, also, you can't move a property out of an S corp to a new entity without a taxable event. So let's say the bank says, all right, Todd, you got to refinance this and we're going to force you to take the, the property out of the S corp into your name so you can refinance and put it back into the S corp. Well, when you do that, even if it's an LLC taxes in S corp, when you do that, that's a taxable event. You're distributing the property yeah. out of the corporation and you owe a tax on that. So uh, if, the, if you bought the property for 10,000 and it is now worth 50,000 and you're gonna transfer it out to get new financing, you have a tax of $40,000. Uh, so don't put the yeah. property into the wrong entity or the wrong tax entity. Yeah, so 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 interesting. There's so many things, and this is why I tell people now. Like again, I I I am the perfect example of the person who thinks they can do it themselves when they first start. That's what I I'm not going to pay one of these <laughs> stupid, expensive attorneys. Why would I do that? It just I can save myself money. But just talk like the the, the little. I mean, we've just touched the surface here in this short conversation and there's so many things that you've covered that's just like whoa all right and and some i mean some stuff i didn't even realize and happily now i hire good attorneys right so you know well, hopefully we are covered the right way but but if you're not hiring good attorneys like garrett i mean geez you're, you're opening your talk about just opening pandora's box and you know like you said, Garrett, even if you're not making money now, I didn't know that. Even if you're not making money now, you get a judgment against you, they can keep coming after you. Right. And you know, these, these, this asset protection is not expensive. I mean, people think it's going to cost 10 or $20,000. We charge $695 for a completely formed LLC plus the state so filing fees. If you do three or more, it's $595 each. This is not expensive. So and these cheap. are expenses that you write off. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's part of forming your uh, your real estate deal. So this is not expensive stuff. And and don't listen to the attorneys who insist that you spend thirty thousand dollars for an offshore trust. You don't need that. Yeah, and again, uh, you know, to beat the the insurance policy home. I mean, you're paying if you own a property, you're paying for an insurance policy every single year. And this is a one-time thing, and there's some maintenance, and certainly you can pay uh, for some of that maintenance, but but it's not that expensive. Um, it's no. definitely, man, I... <laughs> one wrinkle, one wrinkle on insurance, okay? So if you buy the property in your name and the insurance uh, premium for the uh, duplex, for example, is in your name and you pay it, when you transfer the property into the LLC, you have to let the insurance company know mm. the titles in the name of the LLC, because if there's a fire at the property, 
they'll use the excuse that, geez, we were insuring Todd. We didn't know it was in an LLC. And so wow. you, you got to make sure you cover that. Now, here's what they'll do. They'll say, okay, well, Todd, if you want to put the duplex into an LLC, that's a business entity. We have to charge a higher premium, which is nonsense. The risk of a fire is the same, whether it's same in your same. name or the LLC's name. So what you do is you say, okay, leave the premium in my name but list my LLC as an additional insured. Mm. And that way you get the lower premium, but you're also covered uh, as the LLC on title. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great advice. What about the, the person who buys a house in their own name? And, you know, it's a Fannie Freddie type loan. It's, you know, you can buy what up to 10 houses, I think in your own personal name. And so they buy these houses in their own personal name, but then they're being told by an attorney, well, you should probably put these in an LLC. So they want to put them in an LLC, but the mortgage is in their personal name. What about that case? How, is there a way around that? What do we, what do we do there? Well, is it better to ask permission or forgiveness? Um, uh, we always make the transfer. <laughs> okay. uh, here's the thing. You know, the, the bank, when you, in that situation, it's called continuity of obligation, right? The bank has your personal guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. The bank has a first deed of trust on the property. Those don't go away when you transfer title into the name of the LLC. There's a continuing obligation on your part to pay this. And banks are getting better at understanding this. Yeah. Um, I would argue the bank is better protected having the property in an LLC, right? You know, there's less likely of litigation, which is to the bank's better interest. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you say that. So, and, and I, I mean, look, at, I've paid my mortgage every single month. I've got uh, three properties right now that are still in my personal name, other than the house I live in. Um, but they're under LLCs, and the yeah. banks never called it due. They've never bothered me about it. They've never asked me about it. Um, so it's kind of like what you said, just put it in the LLC. The bank's probably not going to, as long as you're paying your mortgage. Yeah, the, the bank's bank, not going to call the note when you're paying the mortgage. They don't want they, your property. Exactly. You know, the giant computer is accepting a check for that mortgage. They don't, they don't look that it says LLC on it. Um, you know, the, the other thing is that the, it's, people worry about the due on sale clause, the due on sale right, clause. Right. And you haven't sold the property right? You've transferred it from you to you. So there's no sale there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always hear. The do on, well, you're tr potentially triggering the do on sale clause. And well, I did this in 2008, uh, in two properties in 2009 and it's 2022 and nobody's called me for the do on sale clause. Right. So not that it can't happen, but yeah, it could, but you haven't sold the property. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably beg for forgiveness and likely be okay. Right. All right, Garrett, got a couple last questions and then we'll wrap up. Um, not including your own, what's a favorite book? A favorite book? Uh, you know, the book that I see that has uh, positively affected the most people is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, I, I deal with people who have heard Robert speak, who have read his books, especially Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it has affected lives positively. Yeah, yeah absolutely has. Um, all right, last question, then we'll wrap up and I'll give you some time to talk about uh, book and, and what you do. Um, but what are your three pillars of wealth creation? 
Well, for me, you know, one of the pillars is mindset. We were talking about rich dad, poor dad, and you just have to have that mindset that you can do it. People have done it before you without a lot of money, without a lot of education. You just have to have that, have that positive mindset. You can do it. Um, the two other pillars, uh, one for me is real estate. Uh, I've always invested in real estate. I like real estate. I know it. Uh, so, you know, real estate is a, is a pillar for me and my family. Uh, and then another pillar is creative. Uh, you know, I've, I've written these books and they continue to sell. I've mm. sold over a million now. Uh, wow. And, you know, so the, the creative side, I enjoy writing these books. I enjoy helping people understand our legal system. I'm not going to give you a bunch of legalese that you don't understand you know, we're wired to listen to stories. So in my books, I tell stories and, and apply the legal principles uh, through the stories. So, so that would be the third one is creative. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. So that leads me to my last question. How can people get in touch with you? Where can they, they find out more about what you got going on? Well, our main website is corporatedirect.com. And if you go to Corporate Direct, we have a lot of articles and videos, and uh, you can sign up for a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist, and they can tell you what our fees are and what our services are. And if we click, then we'd be happy to work with you. We're always accepting new clients. Um, and so CorporateDirect.com, uh, Todd, is the main way to reach us. And, and if I'm listening to this in you know Minnesota or Florida. Can I call you still? All 50 states. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. And then and if you're I know, overseas, you know, we, we take a lot of overseas clients that invest in the United States. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. We do have quite a few uh, people from all over the country listening. So uh, the book again, uh, just give me a quick little plug with the book. Tell me what it is. I'm going to hold it up for the second time. You know, third time is fail, not fail. Um, it is uh, a book that we talked about on piercing the corporate veil, which is the most yeah. overlooked facet of asset protection. 50% of the time, the veil is pierced and they go through the corporation and reach your personal assets. So if you have any sort of entity, LLC, corporation or whatever, this is an important book for you uh, because you do not want that veil to be pierced. Uh, now, because of the paper shortages, it was supposed to be out in April. It's going to be out in July. Uh, you know, the ebook is available. The audiobook comes out in a week. Uh, but, you know, you can pre-order it on Amazon or at RDA Press. Uh, but this is, I mean, I really like this book. It's an important book. I tell stories, uh, you know, actually true cases that where people have just flubbed up and lost everything. Uh, so you don't want that to happen to you. You know, learning from other people's horror stories can be useful. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Garrett, this has been uh, really informative, really, really eye-opening, quite frankly. And, and I really appreciate the, the value of the time that you've been able to spend with us. Uh, I would definitely suggest your listeners go get the book. Um, and then also, if you're, look, if you're, if you're a business owner and you don't have things set up or you're questioning like do i have things set up the right way garrett already offered like by the way thank, i appreciate that offer that's really awesome that you guys do that you can get a free 15 minute consultation to see if you're doing things the right way 
I mean, take advantage of that. See if you're doing things the right way. If you're not, like we already talked about, it's not that expensive to get things set up the right way, to do business the right way, and to protect your assets. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of that if you had any question uh, going into it. So really, again, really appreciate the time and, and tons of great value. Well, thank you, Todd. Pleasure being with you and your uh, audience. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.